Okay, so this is episode 59. Can't believe we're approaching 60 episodes now. Honestly, that's mad. Uh, but of course, we have Pete on. How are you doing, Pete? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Yeah, man. I'm absolutely buzzing. Um, put another song out on Patreon today, but you we'll did. talk about that in a bit. But yeah, I mean, just in general, it's just starting to sort of um, turn. Do you know what I mean? The weather, it's just starting to turn a bit, get a little bit nicer. Um, which I have to say, like, it's an interesting topic, really. Not one that we'll dwell on too long, but it, ma- it makes a huge difference to me. I don't know whether it does to you, but I know some people are more susceptible to these sorts of things than others. But you know what I mean? Sort of SAD, that's sort of a seasonal, um, what is it? seasonal affective disorder or something mm. like that i've uh, heard that i've not heard of sad before no i thought you were just spelling sad to me i was like i can spell yeah well that's <laughs> that's the acronym that they use for it isn't it i know you're taking piss your dick <laughs> but yeah so it's uh it's warming up and um yeah man i don't know I, I, uh, oh, certainly dude. for me it's easier to i don't know be a bit more positive really certainly just in myself and my own life and stuff like that i mean Definitely. you know the world the world's going to hell as we all know but i've you know i'm sat here sort of you know we're still sat here doing this podcast and the sun is shining quite a lot more than it has in a long time yeah um so i'm buzzing about that um uh like i say and you know it just i don't know it just makes everything better doesn't it i mean christ we've had some of the worst storms uh certainly that i can remember over the past i don't know it feels like a it felt like a month it was just like a piss take do you know what i mean like every day we're like oh there's this storm now and then that one's gone and you're like oh now there's this storm <laughs> and then this storm matches with this storm i mean you know i know i'm talking to the wrong person here because obviously you know where you're from storms really kick off but you know everything's relative in it everything's sort of comparable and um yeah we we've had some we've had some effing terrible weather yeah. And it, I certainly know it, it, it has an effect on me. Yeah, me um, too. Actually, I lived in Germany for a while. And I tell you what, man, it was like I, I didn't see the sun for months. You know, oh. it, and it, it didn't do a lot of rain. It was just cloud. It was just like you would just look up and there would just be like this, just this gray ceiling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even like one or two clouds. Like it literally was like just gray on the top of the entire ceiling. You know, it, it just was so, and it just really affected my mood. I didn't realize it until I actually came home yeah. um, for vacation back. Cause I was living there for the military. But when I would come home on break, I would be like, Oh my goodness, there's the sun, there's a blue sky. And it really yeah. does, you know, it, it affects your mood. So that's what I love about North Carolina because we have uh, amazing weather and it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, the majority of the time here even if it's cold or if it's hot it's always nice and sunny yeah yeah well certainly that is worth its weight in gold um but i mean you know in yorkshire we have varied weather shall we say um but it it can be gloomy but i mean you know it's so pretty when the sun's shining although i suppose that's the beauty of sunshine it can make it can make quite the horriblest of places look quite appealing but (laughs) um yeah it's certainly it's certainly nice to look forward to better weather lighter nights and, and like you say man I, I never really used to pay too much or give it too much credence do you know what i mean sort of that uh, being affected like that but I, you know i, I suppose it's diff- difficult for me as well like because my winter is is so different to my spring and summer and even autumn do you know what i mean because i'm out with dave oh yeah um for like two days a week and that that's just enough like to i don't know i think i think i said it before like it gives you more of a sense of the world turning when you when you and that's one thing i love uh, about that job and even when i was doing it like five days a week for god knows how many years i did it six six years i think i did it five days a week but 
you know, going out and about and just seeing people like going about the days. And when you get to the point where you recognize other people's vans, you never met them before, but right. you're just like, oh, I know that they're up, they send at this time and then, then they'll <laughs> be down there at that time. And, you know, it's just all those sorts of things that, as I say, give you a sense that the world's turning and it's it's too easy. And I'm I'm terrible for this. It's too easy to... um. Well, I don't know. It's too easy. To, well, to to be blunt, it's too easy to not be very active when you know. Like I said, like I said, I've been in low power mode, and I think that that's okay. Especially sort of how fast and how much I got done last spring and summer and all that. Because not only was I working with Dave, obviously, I sort of wrote two and a half albums in that time or mm-hmm. something like that. I can't I can't even remember now. Um, and we'll talk about that in a bit, but. So yeah, I mean, when you, when you, certainly when I go into low power mode anyway, that's all right, as long as I can amuse myself with stuff, do you know what I mean? As long as I keep myself busy and keep myself on some sort of um, schedule. And that's why I can't remember when it was now, was it just before Christmas? Um, But I just went on like a mad cleaning rampage, do you know (laughs) what I mean? And like when I say cleaning, I mean proper cleaning. I don't mean like a token gesture. I mean, pulling a room apart getting like uh washing the carpet properly you know you know what these carpet washes are like i tell you what as well like not that i do recommendations on this podcast but that vax platinum smart wash carpet washer <laughs> is fucking mint and you can honestly that is a recommendation firmly from me as long as you follow instructions and you you put the reservoir and everything on right that is that thing's a fucking beast i'm smelling it's a sponsorship beast. <laughs> oh man honestly it's an absolute beast it, um, it like our carpet. God knows how old it is, and it just brought it up brand new. Honestly, um, yeah. So that, there's a, there's a recommendation from me, <laughs> and there'll be an affiliate link uh, on the show notes of the podcast <laughs> if anybody wants to buy that. And <laughs> <laughs> fuck that shit, man. Yeah, I've got loads of shit I'd recommend. You know what I mean? I'd recommend that Vax Platinum Smart Wash. I'd recommend this fucking Yamaha. Um, that Yamaha acoustic I've been buzzing off. I'd recommend this fucking Roadcaster. No, what about house appliances though? What other house appliance would you? recommend like truly well, i like- tell you what not many man I, it's one thing that does my head in do you know what i mean I, i'm still looking for a good um like a, a good one cup kettle and i don't know if you know what that means it's like one of these things where like you guys never really had kettles over there do you but i think because of the power situation because uh, our traditional kettles are so fucking power hungry and we run on different power don't we so like you guys don't really have kettles in the same way that we do when you say kettle but, uh, is that like a teapot yeah kettle but it's to boil water yeah 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 to boil water but um like you can get these ones that are like a instant boil one cup thing do you know what i mean yeah, but yeah i haven't yeah. found one i haven't found one of those that actually boils properly like none of them actually get properly to boiling point mm. and you make a coffee and you're like it's fucking it's not even fucking mixed in properly this shit because it's not for fucking hot enough <laughs> why is this garbage i don't mind like a a gadget that solves a problem but by solving a problem you should not create another one <laughs> So, yeah. so you solve the problem of an energy situation. It's all right. You're using too much energy boiling up all that water for just when you're doing one cup of tea. But you haven't made it fucking boil it. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, if anyone's got a recommendation for me on a really rapid fucking kettle, that uh, just a one cup kettle thing, it's my, it's Dago introduced me to the one cup vibe. Because I, I don't know, like, when you do something so often, it gets to a point where you really resent the time it takes. Something like that anyway, like boiling the kettle. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, when your missus is like, oh, well, you make a brew. You're just like, if that kettle boiled instantly, it w- this would just be such a different situation. Yeah. I can't be bothered standing around for fucking three minutes waiting for... I've got ADHD, for fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? I'll have wandered off and found so much shiny in that three minutes. Yeah. And then she'll be turning around going, Adam, uh, where's my tea? 
And I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then me walking back to the kitchen to do that, I get distracted by something else. And she'll turn around and go, you're still in the kitchen? I'm like, yeah. Is that tea ready? Like, oh, fuck. I can forget like three and four times. So that's why we're like, you know, we need one, we need this one cup vibe where it's just going to boil instantly, spit a brew out, and I can just go, bang, there you go. Nice. I don't even drink tea. Do you know what I mean? I fucking stopped drinking tea years ago. Not for any other reason, and I just fucking can't be arsed more than out. Um, and I just drink Robinsons all the time. But other than that, do you know what I mean? So you want to go on household appliances? Don't you get me fucking started on steamers, mate. Honestly. Steamers. Steamers. Steam cleaners. Jesus H. I've never, oh, fucking hell. And you see all these adverts. Do you know what I mean? There's, like advertising in this day and age is just full of fucking shit, man. It's all fucking CGI lies. It's all bollocks. It's like, look at this steam cleaner. Look how easily it cleans this 30 years of shite off my bathroom. Do you know what I mean? You just feel like standing there and going, bollocks. Yeah. Bollocks. I'll accept this advert if you drag someone off the street and go, here, steam cleaner, try and clean this 30-year-old bathroom. <laughs> I guarantee you after 30 seconds, they go, fuck off. Yeah. I can't be arsed with this. This thing takes 10 years to even produce any steam. Honestly, I bought one. What was it? The shark, sh- some shark thing anyway, some fancy steam cleaner. And I thought, you know, this could really revolutionize how I clean this house. It's got like a steam gun so you can walk around I doing think I have like that pro too. work, you know. Yeah. It's like steaming shit. Absolutely fine. You get the fucking thing. And it, 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 it did produce steam, right? But it were like, right, okay, so I'll turn it on and it's like, it's doing its thing. It's revving up. And then it eventually produces some steam. And you're like, all oh, right, off we go here. And then it stops. And you're like, all oh, right, it's revving up again, revving up again, revving up again. Right, it's going, it's going. And then you get like 15 seconds of steam. Do you know what I mean? And then you look in the, the what you what I refer to as a clunk, with the, which is a fuel pickup, or in this case, it's going to be the water pickup. So the floor in the tank, the 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 pipe they've used is so stiff it can't move freely. Mm. So it don't it don't even stay in the frigging water. Do you know what I mean? So it ain't even got a regular supply of water to produce frigging steam. Yeah. And I'm supposed to stand there cleaning somewhere, waiting for that to rev up. Fuck off, honestly. Uh. I know this isn't a household uh, show, but I will add to that. My steam cleaner, I forget the brand name, but the thing that drives me crazy about it is, so it has like this tank where you put the water in for the steam, right? So you put it in and you close it and then you got to wait like, you know, five minutes before it heats this tank of water in, which really is only like a cup, you know, you know, so you put in this cup of water and then you get, you get to steam and like, okay, now I'm ready. And then it's got like really cool tools and all these different brushes and you got the wand. And and as I was in there, I was like, I was trying to clean my, my bathroom, like all the ceramic tiles in there. So I was like, so I start steam cleaning. I get like one wall done and now I'm out of steam and literally, (laughs) and I have to like, but you can't even open the cap because, you know, it's so hot, you know, so it's you have to thing. wait for it to cool down. And then once it finally cools down, then you put more water in it and then you have to wait for it to heat up again yeah. just to do the next wall. Yeah, they need a. And, ag- and again, by that point, I found something shiny. You know, I've seen something shiny and I've fucked off and done something else. <laughs> but it sounds to me like at least your steamer produces a solid amount of steam while ever it's got water in the reservoir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mine fucking did what you're explaining. Every two, every, every, like, I'd get 15 seconds of steam, maybe. Oh, no. And when it was producing steam, you're like, great. Do you know what I mean? This is actually doing something. But like you say, you, 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 you weigh up all these things and you're just like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is bullshit. Just give me some elbow grease and a decent, you know, some rubber gloves and some fucking hardcore industrial cleaner. I'll get out off out. Do you know what I mean? It's, there's too many gimmicks when it comes to shit like that. What else can I slag off in terms of uh, household products? Vacuums nowadays, 
oh, that's a difficult one, though, because someone will say that I'm anti-green or something. I mean, I understand why they've reduced the power of vacuums. But motherfucker, shit can't even suck up a fucking biscuit crumb nowadays. Before, <laughs> you'd have to be careful that it didn't lift the fucking carpet off the fucking floor, off the grip rods. Do you know what I mean? That's what that's what carpets, that's what vacuums used to be like in this country. You'd kill someone with a vacuum if they piss you off too much. You'd be like, do you want to be inside out? I'll show you you inside out. Fucking Henry the Hoover on your face. <laughs> I fuck, you know what I mean? Honestly, um, Hoover's nowadays ain't worth a shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, you might as well fucking lick the carpets. Fucking. <laughs> oh, that is an interesting rant. Oh, my goodness. Oh, honestly, there's tons of fucking shit, stuff like that I could lose my mind over. Um, I actually, uh, so I'm a coffee drinker, and I will I will give props to this Nespresso machine that I have. It's, yeah, it's Nespresso. Well, I'm it, looking for a good one. I'm looking for a good one. So for me, for my money, this thing is amazing. So it, it has the pods and has all the espresso pods. And, and uh, the coffee is actually really good with Nespresso too. It's good Italian coffee. So you can make cappuccinos, you can make lattes, all kinds of stuff, Americanos, this and that. And it has the steamer right on it too. So you can like, it'll it'll froth the milk and all that okay, stuff. No, they'll mention steamers. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Carry on, sorry. Uh, but it's nothing compared to like the, a lot of the guys I work with, um, you know, like I have another buddy, Pete, and he, uh, this dude is... <laughs> I can't even talk about coffee in front of this whole group of my peers because yep. they have like, no kidding. This dude has an $8,000 espresso machine in his house. What? I kid you not. Like it is real deal. And it's not, it's just because he's like so pat. I mean, he has, he's like a chemist when he comes to, they talk about okay. coffee. They have a Slack channel dedicated to just like, you know, how you press, how you do this, how, what temperature this yeah. has to be, all these different, I'm like, no, 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 you just put a pot in and it's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so my, for, if you're entry level, the Nespresso, uh, the Nespresso with the frother is definitely a, a good investment. I love that stuff, man. You know what I mean? I love it when people are passionate about stuff. It's what, it's what fucking makes the world go around. Do you know what I mean? It's what life's about when, uh, when someone's got a passion for something. I don't know. People, people often look on that shit as, I don't know, they'd sort of like, well, but it, it's best thing it works when you've got something you love and when you've got other people who want to talk about oh, it yeah. with you do you know what i mean that's the best thing that's the it's all well and good like enjoying something on your own but um you know there's no better than uh sharing that kind of enthusiasm with other people and especially when like there's new people coming into it do you know and that's what i loved about the vape shop as well do you know what i mean when i discovered the method of getting off cigarettes um and I learned a lot about it. I loved passing that knowledge on to people and I'd spend all day in shop uh, just talking to people. Um, do you know what I mean? About, about products and about how to do it, safety, you know, uh, differences and all kinds of things. But certainly there's a lot to be said. Um, well, you know, and uh, same in a band. Do you know what I mean? And it's something that I'm experiencing now. It, um, it's amazing to make music on, on your own, but it's even better when you're doing it with someone else. Like, like, uh, like the record that, that me and James have made, you know what I mean? Just being able to share, like create a vision together and like execute it as easily we, as, as we did. It's just, it's absolutely fucking brilliant. And it just makes something so much more, I don't know, it just makes something so much more real and enjoyable when you share it with someone else and even down to something like, um, you know, the, the, the science of coffee or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I fucking, I love it. I'm, 
becoming even more and more sort of into my coffee to be fair i say into coffee i just love fucking drinking it i couldn't tell you jack shit about it and mm. uh yeah i drink mcdonald's coffee for god's sake <laughs> i like mcdonald's coffee and i'm sure that's going to get a lot of sniggers but i really enjoy mcdonald's coffee do you know what Shame. i mean it's bang on it's not <laughs> i tell you what for a cheap coffee it isn't that bad it isn't that bad man and i will not have a bad word said against mcdonald's Shame. <laughs> Fuck off with your fucking shame button. This has been a sweary episode. My apologies. But it is, you know. Never yeah. Mind. Well, I was going to say, you know what I really like? I really like that demo that you just shared with everybody this week. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. First yeah, kill. Yeah. That thing is, uh, yeah, that's, it really surprised me because the, uh, I think you're really uh, warming into the, uh, the musical. I mean, you're, you obviously play guitar really well and, and you definitely know how to create a song. But boy, the singing is uh is interesting to me because <laughs> you're really good at it like you literally <laughs> are it surprises me because i don't know you to be a singer so when i hear yeah. you sing it's like wait that's actually really good like i don't know it's just interesting to me but yeah that's a that's a really really cool tune i, I had to look Thank up you, what man. anvil is though but uh i was looking at the, the lyrics i was like what is an anvil and i had to google that one i have to say <laughs> but, <laughs> you didn't know you didn't know what an anvil was no no i didn't know what an anvil was i know i'm embarrassed really? you never fucking watched roadrunner or out man jesus <laughs> i did i guess i didn't hear them call it an anvil <laughs> well it'd be fucking written on the shit um, but yeah thank you mate i really appreciate that um yeah that's one that that's actually one that i did a long time ago you see it's a long story really and my creative process over the over the past god knows how long can kind of be broken up and compartmentalized into um different roads really it's weird i'm not going to go as far as to say that it's almost different personas but it, it some of the stuff comes from such a different place and it sounds so different you know if you put first kill next to something like brain saw or mud and bones or something <laughs> like that um so that one was something that was one of the things that i did originally um during the initial process where i was just literally i had an acoustic guitar and i was just writing lyrics and singing them and that's where i spent quite a lot of time uh, before i i kind of went back to where i used to do things which was full pro tools set up and creating massive soundscapes so yeah first kill and like you say about the vocals i mean you know you want to talk about singing that i've got such a a, a love hate jekyll and hyde vibe with my singing it's absolutely disproportionately impossible to explain how badly i mean we've talked about imposter syndrome before but fuck me i mean that you know it, it really affects me with vocals to be honest like don't know a lot of it for me is because i've never really tried to sing uh, prior to starting writing the songs that i did um i, I have no what's the word i have i have no kind of experience experience with my voice yeah so but when you hear something these, like first kill, do you, do you, when you hear that, do you say that's good or do you? Yeah. Okay. No, I do. Okay, well, good. Cause it is. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I put it out. Do you okay. know what I mean? Because what I found was, um, I could, I, re, I, I liked the vibe of just a voice and a guitar and then put my phone there and just record me singing. No, mic, just voice and a guitar. I like that. And it, it captured a certain vibe and there were some really great sort of what you call demos. Um, but what, I always plan to do with some of those was right. Well, I want to take this song because the, the idea behind it for me was I wanted, I wanted them to be tangible songs that anyone could play. If you, if you picked up a guitar that you could just work out the chords and yeah, I might play some fancy chords, but you can, you know, you can uh, make them simplified yeah. and still get away with playing through the song. 
and what I what I found before is, and I found it when we did the third album, really. You know, and I spoke about it before, where we're like, it, it's difficult to uh, when when you create the soundscape first and kind of layer it all up and create this very unique individual thing. It's then difficult to see it as anything else. Whereas if you create something that's very very stripped back and it captures the essence and the sort of heart of what you're trying to say, then then you can do anything you want with it. Mm. You can, you know, you, that's when you can put different spins on it and it's still a great song. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not reliant on a rhythm or anything else. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, a, a great song with a, a great, well, I'm not saying it's a great vocal performance, but it captures the vocal performance adequately. And that's one thing that I've been struggling with. So as I say, I found it quite accessible to me to just get my phone out, sing and strum on the guitar. But then I've tried a couple of times to take those songs and put them into Pro Tools and create something that I consider that I would put on a record. And for my money, like I've kind of been failing up until now. Um, you know, I've tried it with, I tried it with stuff like Turn It Up as well, which was, you know, really, really fantastic vibey demo, which is just a guitar and a voice and it captures all it needs to say. Yeah. And I've tried sort of, you know, turning that into something bigger. But you do have those occasions where you're like, well, you know, I'm fighting something which isn't necessarily the right thing to do here. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to, I'm trying to turn turn it up or whatever into something bigger when it, it, it doesn't need to be because it, it that works in its own way. Where and, and and first kill did too, but when I did first kill originally, I always thought this this just needs a little bit of sort of um, instrumentation and musical embellishment to make it really cool. And again, you could take it take it from a straight acoustic song and just just shift it just to the left or just to the right of what you would call you know normal to most people's ears and just put my spin on it um even sonically as much as songwriting or lyrically well it's just funny from someone who listens to it like a consumer like i i you know i haven't heard it many that many times but i did just listen to it like right before we came on i'm talking about first kill and uh mm-hmm. i will and i hope you share that with people because it's amazing um you know but uh the thing that keeps it's just throughout this entire podcast since we've been talking in the back in my head i just keep hearing the chorus and i don't i couldn't tell you the guitar like i couldn't even tell you how the the, the chords go all i hear yep. is the singing of the chorus yep. and it sounds great in my head and it's one of those things that is just you know how when you get a song in your head and it's just it's just there and like background music yep. that's basically what's been going on since i heard it so it's definitely got that that vibe where you you can't get it out of your head right away <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. And and I, exactly, you know, that it, it's not about the guitar on that track. The guitar is just servicing the, the you know, the harmonic sort of uh, ballpark of of where the song is. So it's just it's a layer, it's a texture, uh, it's creating that sort of ethereal, almost haunting vibe, which I carry through a lot of my work. But yeah, and it's the first time I've it's the first time I've managed to because as much as Opie, it's kind of like recording my vocals, which have always been the problem. Do you know what I mean? I can even set my mic up in Pro Tools and put my speakers on and film on my phone still yeah. and be happy with it. But it's always got like a vibe. Whenever you're, reto- whenever you're recording hardcore into Pro Tools and you try to record in clean to get a great performance or whatever, mm-hmm. that's, when, that's when I struggled. And that's when I'm like, how am I using my voice here? Am I meant to be projecting this? Um, and that, I think, as I'm going along with this stuff, I'm learning that more and more is that that's not, kind of how my voice works i can project it at certain frequencies but it's learning to be dynamic with how i sing 
in terms of uh, servicing the, the nature and the vibe of the song. And that's what I kind of worked out with First Kill. And as much as I'll try to sort of really sing it properly, it kind of just occurred to me that it's like, it doesn't it need that. It, it, you know, just hold back and be a little bit more restrained and soft and just create that really nice sort of bounce that it's got. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's one thing I absolutely adore um, is, is creating melodies. And it's something I think I'm really good at. And, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not even being funny. I don't listen to a lot of music now. I listen to my own. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I love creating stuff that I want to hear. And that a lot of the time is, is just those melodies that stop you in your tracks. Do you know what I mean? That literally you could be doing anything and you're like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that you just want to live with, something that you want to spend time with, something that you want to welcome into your brain and, uh, you know, apl- apply a great percentage of it. It's like you live you live there for now and, uh, you know, we'll speak as often as we need to. Um, so, when that's you, what, so let me ask you, uh, you know, let's get in a little bit to the, like the anatomy of a song for you. Like when you have an idea for a song, like what comes first? Is it, there's a, you're in the kitchen trying to, you know, make a cup of tea and you can't figure out your water, but all of a sudden a melody comes into your head uh, and then you work around the melody or do you have a lyric that somehow becomes, you find a melody for like, how, how does it start? Like what, give me a quick version of what that process looks like for you. It totally, it totally depends. Um, there is no hard and fast way of doing that. As I've probably told you before, I've had songs come out of my shower head as I've been stood having a shower. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not just talking about a melody. I'm talking about the full instrumentation, everything. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know that I, I, I know that that's probably not there. And this is some sort of oral hallucination, but I don't care. I, that, that is tangible enough that I'm like, that. that's just there. And um, when else? We, you know, like, when I'm out with Dave and a van will drive past us and it'll break and the brakes will squeak in a certain way and I'll just go bang, got you. There we go. That's a hook. Seriously, I might have to adjust things, but I'll have been sat there dawdling, just driving along and then squeaky brakes, bang. And it's just like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's a, it's a great feeling because it's like cashing the bank to me. Cause I'm like, yep, yeah, there we go. That's gone and straight. So that creates like inspiration. You hear something. Yeah, in your absolutely. Head and, yeah. Absolutely. Mate. I've fucking sat, I've been, you know, sat in my living room with back door open and blackbirds, obviously um, what I love about blackbirds and well, a lot of birds in general, but blackbirds certainly a famous thought is create blackbirds, create different songs. Do you know what I mean? They do have regular calls, but they also learn to create new melodies. Mm. And so I've had Blackbird sat there doing summer and I've just been like, I'm sorry, Mr. Blackbird. I'm ripping that off. I am ripping the fuck out of that. Just give me a minute. Just going to, and that's you pull your phone out and just whistle it into your phone and then go construct something out of it. Really? Um, absolutely, man. Yeah. The, but certainly it can also come from finding what you may consider, um, you know, like a, a great lyric or a lyric that means something to you anyway, a lyric that really means something to you. And for me, like great lyrics, as we all know, it, you know, um, the majority of the time you can, you, you don't really have to say very much. It's, it's about the, the word you use and obviously the, the way you use those words. And that for me is the beauty of lyrics. And that's like someone like Bob Dylan, you know, I'm trying to think, well, there's so many, so many examples but Joker man, do you know what I mean? Shelter from the storms. Every fucking Dylan tune, you know, like every it's like a thousand stories in one. Every Bob Dylan song because he has such a his craft and how he can just say one sentence and uh, sort of legitimize so much of what is true about life. Do you know what I mean? But 
in such a grounded way that anyone knows what he's saying. So I've always struggled with when you're trying to say something and you're like, well, I can't fit enough words in. And then you look at someone like Bob Dylan, he'll say fucking one sentence and you can see into this character's entire life. Do you know, and I think someone like Bruce Springsteen does it as well. Not, and I'll probably say not quite on the level that Dylan does for me, but Bruce Springsteen um, also uh, has a way with lyrics that just create an immediate pathway through to their what I would call subject matter a lot of the time. If you, um, you know, because both these individuals um, certainly write from life experience and they create stories, as a lot of as a lot of writers do. But there's nothing better than hitting on something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's difficult to sort of quantify exactly or qualify exactly what I'm what I mean, really. But it's just appreciating the beauty of of a great lyric, and 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 you know, like mm-hmm. some lyrics, some lyrics you can take out of the song, and they, they still have as much weight. And then some you can't. Do you know what I mean? Some you you can kind of take out of the song and read them on their own, and you're like, how does that become such genius when you put it there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, it's just funny because you have artists like Billy Joel, for example, who's written a lot of songs and a lot of really good songs. But um, I've heard him say that he hates the fact that he has to put words on his music because he's just a piano man and he likes to pl- create music and he feels like the song itself tells a story you know and he and he'll give examples like he'll play a certain song and it's like this invokes this emotion and and if i play this song well it invokes this emotion and he shows like some of the differences and he's like it doesn't need words the words get in the way uh and uh, he goes for a long time he just you know he felt obligated to put lyrics to his songs because that's what the the industry wants but the truth is is he's you know the words for him are like an inconvenience they step on or they make the song less uh, than what it could be without them. So I find that interesting that people have different takes. But my question is, I never understood. You get a melody, you hear this bird, whatever, you, you hear a song in your head and you're like, okay, cool. But then how does that, like, how do you find words to put to that melody? And do you, yeah. how do you squeeze them in? Because, you know, songs have different sounds and, 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 and songs do have certain emotions. And so does a ser- song that says, oh, okay, well, this sounds like it should be talking about this. Or is it, I've had this on my mind and I'm now going to push this into this song that I've heard? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's kind of a subconscious thing, I would argue, because what I'll do, okay, I'll take a specific way I do it, um, which is one of a few, but one way I'll do it is I'll create the song, I'll have this great music and, you know, I'll get it up in Pro Tools, build it up or whatever. Yeah. And then I'll just try stuff and I will... um, you just record, you know, I pick up a microphone, start singing or whatever and record. Um, I might not do it quite straight away, but either way, I'll sit there and just play it and start singing melodies. And as I start singing melodies, uh, what I find generally is, uh, it's usually the first or second thing I do. I don't spend a lot of time looking for melodies. They slap me around the face uh, instantly. Um, so I'll have this melody. And then at that point, like you say, it's like, well, how's this make me feel? All these other things. But what will happen is I'll go through a process where I'm trying to find, um, you know, sort of how the, the melody is going to lay over the music. And in, during that process, I'll have done things that I like. And I'll be like, well, I'll just record that. And I'll just, just have been saying anything. But there will be sounds in there. I will have made sounds. And then it will be like, well, that sounds like, you know, that word or whatever. So let's see what we can do with that. That's the point where you're in a well, you know you're in a reflection or whatever yourself comes out and goes and step aside now i'll do this bit 
because mm. you're pissed off about this. And even if you know, <laughs> don't know it or not, I'm about to tell you that you are. So then, so then, you know, all of a sudden you've got this one thing that sounds like, oh, I don't know, let's say, let's say a word sounds like rain. Do you know what I mean? Straight away, it's like, okay, well, that sounds like rain. I'm going to go with that. And then bang, that's the moment where your emotions take over and go, okay, I'm, you know, subconsciously things have kind of come to the surface. And sometimes very consciously as well. Um, you know, it can't even be a title, can't even be a song title where you're like, oh man, that just creates such a sense of, um, you know, whatever that I can tap into and the, the lyrics are going to be a cinch. Depending, it comes And there's so many different ways of doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like at one stage I was kind of, the way I was legit, because one thing I struggled with, like I said, is imposter syndrome. And what that also um, entails is where you might have done something really good and you just sit there and go, that's shit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like you just go, that is fucking shit. And that works with lyrics too. Do you know what I mean? Like I've had several situations where I've I've done something and it's it struck such an emotion and I just literally you start I start start crying like uncontrollably mm. and I hate fucking saying that you know because I bet there's some people out there who are like bollocks but fucking I shit you not there's plenty of times where I've written songs and I hit I find that lyric that just works and bang it cuts me open mm. because it, because it meant it means something to me you know like you'll you'll know songs like um beauty and dignity that you know that's a perfect one fucking I was absolutely in tears when I wrote that and turn it up do you know what I mean when you get to that chorus and you hear them fucking lyrics and you think shit I know what that boy's on about do you know what I mean I know exactly what he's on about yeah um you know that's that's a difficult thing that's a very difficult thing to do and that's what I think great music is about is where someone can hear it and be like, fuck me, man, that, that guy, I, I, I can feel what that guy is saying. I might not even like be able to hear every word, but I can feel what that guy is saying. And then obviously when you look deeper and you, you discover the words and you know, that, that, that can take things, that takes things to another level. I mean, born in the USA, do you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the, one of the, one of the angriest, most legitimate, genuine vocals you'll ever hear in your life. Do you know what I mean? And that's such a misunderstood song oh, about blind patriotism. When in fact it's, I mean, do you know what I mean? It it is about the plight of of Vietnam veterans right. coming home to be left to fall through the cracks. Yep. And that is what Bruce Springsteen embodies. He embodies the the fury of a culture and a society. He's a fucking mouthpiece for it, and he was back then. And that's why, if you actually listen to Born in the USA and listen to how he sings it. And how how he's how much venom he's pouring out of his mouth. Do you know what I mean? That that for me is the those sorts of moments are the pinnacle they're they're the pinnacle of music where it knocks you over backwards with how powerful it is. And I'm sure again there's probably people thinking, well, that's a cheesy song. I give a fuck. I give a fuck if it sounds cheesy. Do you know what I mean? It, when you tap into what that song's about, if you turn around and say it's a cheesy song, you have no heart. Yeah, you've missed You the have point. no soul <laughs> and you are not able to do what I am talking about, which is go, shit, man, I know what that what that man's saying. I can feel it. Like, do you know what I mean? Look at his fucking face while he's singing it. Do you doubt him? I fucking don't. That's what, that's what a good artist is for me. When you are stood there in front of him in no fucking doubt, in no doubt whatsoever about what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? And about <laughs> about the sort of power of the message that they're trying to convey. Um, Dylan did that too, but Dylan did that in a very different way because obviously he didn't have that voice that Bruce Springsteen's got with the power to do something like Born in the USA. Do you know what I mean? That um, That's all. Even since I was a really young kid, very, very young, 
whenever that song came on the radio, I was just like, fucking hell, listen to him go. And again, it's, I don't care what people's opinions on Bruce Springsteen are. For me, he's one of the greatest artists of the generation. Wow. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, um, but there's nothing better in life than feeling understood. And that's when music transcends just fucking vibrations in the air, when it makes the listener feel like they're not the only one who feels like that, you know, sort of as one example. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing better in life when we talk about there's nothing better than sharing a great moment of creativity. There's nothing better than sharing a moment of looking at someone and knowing that they know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Or like, oh, shit, I'm not alone. That's awesome, man, because I yeah. thought that I was the only one that fucking felt like that. Do you know what I mean? You go through puberty and shit's happening and you're like, this is the same for everyone, man. Do you know what I mean? And then you get to a point where you realise it is and you're like, oh, fuck, thank Christ. Thank fucking Christ. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, sorry, I just on, I'm clearly on one today. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear the most uh, random Bruce Springsteen story? Go for it. <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, I had a friend of mine who was, uh, I, I don't know exactly how, but his dad was influential and somehow was in connection, knew somebody uh, that knew uh, Bruce Springsteen. And Bruce Springsteen was in, in town in Miami for a, for a show. And so this guy was able to, for whatever reason, he ended up getting into, he was allowed to, he was delivering something to Bruce Springsteen, uh, some 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 benefit. I can't remember what it was. Long story short, he and his uh, he and his girlfriend get to go up and to get into Bruce Springsteen's uh, hotel room and spend a couple of minutes with him. And they did you know gave him something and then they left. But like so it was in the morning and so Bruce Springsteen's like, oh yeah, come on in, come on in. And he sits down and he's getting ready to give him an autograph and then he just rips one. <laughs> <laughs> And my friend, he just stood and looked at him like in disbelief. And and and, and Bruce goes, "Yeah, stars fart too." Oh well, I mean, I don't uh, know if that that's a great story, true or not. That is a great story, and um, certainly it typifies, you know, what you know most people come sort of refer to as like a working working blue collar hero do you know what i mean that sort of working class hero by but yeah i fucking love bruce springsteen man like i say anyone anyone that makes great music that makes you stand still and appreciate it man do you know what i mean fucking a-okay with me you know like bob marley bob marley again just like another i'd say underrated maybe he's not underrated really but again just able to say so much with so little but i do have to i do have to say that i think dylan's possibly like the, the king of that that's funny i don't i don't appreciate of... dylan as much as you do but i i respect that you do but it, no, did, yeah. it never really landed for me you know i guess i didn't so it really study his lyrics but like his tempo and his his vibe i, I just i can complete i can completely appreciate not being able to get through the facade because i'll tell you one thing um the motherfucker can't play harmonica I never fucking could. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I tell you something like, something like we, I remember being on a bullet train, uh, obviously in Japan. And um, like Phil was sat quite a few seats in front of me and he had his laptop out and he had Bob Dylan. He'd probably laugh if he listens to this. And he had Bob Dylan on. And anyway, he didn't even have it on that loud, but there is something so shit about how that guy plays harmonica <laughs> that the frequency of that fucking harmonica was going right through this fucking train. And I'm sure in the end, I said, Phil, can you fucking, I can't stand anymore of <laughs> yeah. Dylan's harmonica, man. Do you know what I mean? At the point where I'm not studying his lyrics and I can't appreciate it, I don't want to fucking listen to his harmonica. Yeah. No, I, c I can understand not being able to get through that, but yeah, um, Christ, there's so many, there's, there's a million examples I can think of and the lyric videos are on YouTube. So obviously you listen along and the lyrics come up. Um, a lot of Dylan's songs 
you can get, I would probably say, 70% more satisfaction and enjoyment from when you actually understand the nuances of how he's using language and mm. what he's doing with it. But I do appreciate that he's locked behind what some might consider his voice and, as you say, other things like perhaps tempo and shit like that. But uh, I do have to say, I think you're a freak for not liking Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only playing, man. I respect everyone's musical taste, but I, I, I just, I absolutely fell in love with Bob Dylan. Uh, um, Boots of Spanish Leather. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, Pete, there's probably quite a few songs I could send you and you'd probably go, mm, okay. I change my initial thoughts because I mean like some of Dylan's best songs I bet you've never even heard you, you know what I mean you, you'll have had no good reason to hear because they've never been anywhere near a fucking radio and shit yeah, like that yeah do you know what I mean um <clears throat> but yeah there's, there's plenty where I could knock your socks off in mm. terms of just his his lyrical ability ability to tell a story paint a picture and ability to just just strike every single piece of uh, uh, emotion you've ever felt and not only that strike up allegiances in you to things you didn't know you had do you know what i mean um all kinds of things and i think a lot of people have been trying to do it since um and not quite doing it quite so poetically i think that's the thing really bob dylan is a poet he's not a musician and that's probably what um you don't it, the poetry the poet bit's not maybe as apparent if you don't get past his um often wailing voice i remember speaking to my mum about it my mum was always like the thing with bob dylan is i love his songs but i love him more when other people are doing them mm, do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. you know covers if you prefer covers right. of dylan's songs um but yeah i mean we have we have sort of mused quite a lot about bob dylan here but i fucking you know there's, i mean uh, he's no justin know, bieber but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding um, you know, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of other sort of wordsmiths that really sort of just sit you down and like and, you know you're just like fucking hell. Man. Well, you know what's funny about that is um, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I've listened to a million songs in my life, uh, and a lot of times the meaning of the song goes whatever. I don't I don't they don't land it doesn't land because it's just a song you've heard a million times on the radio or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when you go through something, uh, and then all of a yeah. sudden that song speaks to you, <laughs> it's like oh, wait a minute, I've heard this song for 20 years and it never meant a thing to me. And holy cow, now suddenly it's like completely, I now am in this situation. I understand what this uh, lyricist is is on about. And I've always found that interesting that it's been buried for years uh, and so many people don't even get it. And then it's like, whoa, there is true emotion in this song, in these lyrics. Yeah, like an emotional satellite waiting to be tapped into. Yeah, that's interesting. Like manifestations of of everything, you know, that you feel about yourself and your life. And that's when music lands. Do you know what I mean? That's when music lands and that's mm-hmm. why you get, you know, that's when you get really angsty, frustrated kids loving loving bands that have got that fucking vibe, man. Do you know what I mean? That fucking fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Like that that goes off in kids. The people. It? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, do you know what I mean? Like first time I heard fucking Killing in the Name, Rage Against the Machine. Shh. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. I won't do what you tell me. Fuck. <laughs> exactly and like freedom as well honestly i love rage when did that when when did i hear freedom the first time i've heard that 17 18 that uh, the end of freedom nearly had me in tears where he's just screaming it and he, because i'm i'm i am a barometer for that i am so susceptible to other people's emotions i'm a fucking sponge do you know what i mean like i 
I'm so affected by other people's emotions. It's untrue. Mm. I, 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 they manifest themselves in my behavior. Interesting. Um, and yeah, just hearing that for the first time was, um, you took on that rage. <laughs> well, you just, yeah, exactly. You, you could just, you know, that guy was fucking really, really angry. And like, anger is a gift. Like hearing him whisper that through the microphone. There's a 15, 16 year old kid. It's like being told that you're, that there's nothing wrong with you mm. and that you're all right. Do you know what I mean? It's literally what it just anger is a gift. Just whispered and you're just like, yeah, fucking, I don't feel quite so bad about myself man, now <laughs> and I'm going to buy your record because you connect with me. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, Rage is one know, of those that's... groups that if, uh, yeah, if you told me to, you know, I could only take, you know, five bands with me for the rest of my life, I'd probably be pulling some Rage. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you know, people, people, it's sort of what I would, well, it's difficult really, but some people don't, uh, some some people think think like the heavy metal or something. Nah. Do you know what I mean? What I would describe as philistines. You know, I've got a fucking clue what they're talking about. It's bonk, man. Totally. Do you know what I mean? It's it's the it's the cutting edge of societal fucking cultural funk. Is Rage Against the Machine, and it's just filled with so much genuine um, ang- anger. You know, be it political or whatever. And you know, that's always something that's very uh, lands very hard, doesn't it, in music? And the greatest music often comes after. Things like Vietnam, do you know what I mean? And great turnings of tides in cultural or societal history or whatever, um, you know, any kind of oppression or suffering, anywhere where you find real genuine emotion. Like today. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff written about today, man, or the, you know, these days, not specifically yeah, yeah. today. Yeah. Mm. Maybe you should write yes. something about the, the current day. Well, I mean, I, the, 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 I don't know, man. I mean, like, I... The, the trouble with things like that is that it's just such a everything's such a minefield isn't it mm-hmm. and i think you get to a point where you're like look you know i have i have what i'd refer to as a, a bubble i have a certain number of friends uh you know i don't have any sort of aspirations to i don't know it's i just live i just try and live like anyone else is doing really mm-hmm. and not I don't really ever want to step on anyone's toes and shit. I'd never go out my way to step on people's toes. I, um, uh, but that, you know, in whatever times you live through, that's the beauty of music or any kind of art. And unfortunately, in, oh, yeah. in times of hardship, it's two of the first things to go, in it? Music and art. Yeah. When in fact, it's two of the, probably the most important things because it's the, it's fundamental to the human spirit. It's fucking fundamental to my human spirit anyway. I don't know where I'd be if I couldn't. And you know, it exists in films as well. It's not just emotional moments in music do you know what i mean the the, the greatest of the last of the mohicans do you know what i mean like just life affirming films yeah. moments that just make you feel just uh you know indescribable levels of i don't even know what it is but you know it's just these moments of levity i suppose moments of true levity that um little bits of light that cr- find the way through cracks in other shit. But yeah, that's what, that's why we all love music and stuff like that, isn't it? But Absolutely. So yeah. uh, let me make a hard turn on you here. Uh, I know we only have about 10 minutes or so left for the, for the episode. So I did want to talk to you about Temple Newsom. Uh, I know, you know, plans, you know, we talked about uh, possibly podcasting while we were there, maybe even yeah, doing yeah, a yeah. live stream. And so, uh, yeah, I thought it might be interesting to field some of these ideas and uh, maybe, uh, get your opinion on it and also maybe solicit some uh, opinions from from listeners as well about what they think yeah. might be good so uh what do you think about live streaming uh you know setting up the bringing you know bringing a couple of microphones uh 
finding a place, I don't care where, but a place where people know where we are <laughs> and just basically, you know, and, and I don't know the time that works the best, but finding a place where we can turn on the record button and actually stream live, but also maybe find a chance to have some people come and uh, do like a, you know, a, a live podcast where people can actually see it happen what do you think of that i think it's a great idea i think it's a really good idea i think there's lots that could go wrong with um, <laughs> such a, such an idea especially when you know you're sort of but I, I i i really like the idea i think sort of doing the podcast live and with uh, an audience of people who you know an audience of some listeners and people who are, who are into it and stuff like that uh you know in an environment where people are having a few beers or whatever i, th I think that sounds really really fun it could be really cool I don't know how much stage fright we'd both get. I'm looking at you, Fletch, as well as me in that sense. I've seen, I, I I've seen you crack fright. on live. I've seen you crack on live. I know that you <laughs> like to hide behind your edit button. Don't we all? <laughs> but yeah, it's one thing. It's one thing doing stuff like this and going on a vibe. But I mean, as like, I, how can I even describe it really? But I'm, I'm, well, I'm quite an introvert. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I, I am an introvert. So but it's like doing this podcast even in this environment kind of allows me to allows me to be almost an extroverted introvert. Do you know what I mean? In terms of I can express myself outwardly and as much as I want on it, well, within reason. Yeah. Um, and the idea of kind of doing that in a bit more of a public environment, I do find challenging. Um, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing because being challenged isn't necessarily a bad thing if it's in a healthy way. But I, my thoughts will be, mm, you get you get content out of me here because I'm so comfortable, but put me in an environment where I don't know, there's uh, even people looking at us or whatever. Dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, and this ties into the last episode where I was talking about sort of having stage fright and not feeling confident and comfortable on stage and even in my own skin. And it was really interesting to see echoed on Twitter. Um, a couple of people actually sort of saying, wow, you know, you'd have no idea you had. Yeah, you hide it well. Yeah, when you were on stage. But fucking hell, man. I mean, like, absolutely terrified. Um, and I think that would probably play a role into trying to do the podcast. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, just to touch on that anyway, I did find that, I did really enjoy that comment because it was almost like, oh, you guys were just like us. And it's like, yeah, man, that that's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of the point. That's why, like, we dressed like all you lot and... We, you know, we're all fucking smoking gear or whatever, listening to the same tunes, watching. No, the same but there's still a shit. level of swagger that is on stage. That you know, even when well, I saw and, you, and you yeah, didn't. You that, did, there was nothing about you that looked like anything other than the coolest kid I've ever met. <laughs> well, know? I mean, well, thank <laughs> and to you, think that's that. not what's being going on in your head is is just interesting. I, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't think any of us thought like that. Do you know what I mean? We were all, I think, shit in ourselves. We were, we were like a fucking Power Ranger, man. You stick us together, we get like bigger. Do you know what I mean? We yeah, get bigger yeah. and stronger. And exactly like you say, why, however much imposter syndrome, self-doubt I ever had, um, I knew, and he, you know, I, I won't even say I knew how good I was on guitar. I knew how well our, us as a band could play those songs. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing that was always different. And and I know I go on about this a lot, and I don't want to make it sound like uh, Rob's voice. Like that, I used to love that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? You turn up somewhere, and especially if it's people who don't know us, and you're like, "Here you go, fucking have this," <laughs> because it's just such a joy to yeah um, to listen to that lad's voice. Do you know what I mean? Always has been. Always makes me a bit emotional whenever I talk about that stuff. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's yeah, for sure. But so hey, think about it like that then. So, uh, you know, you and I do a podcast together pretty well. So imagine going somewhere and knowing that, hey, you know, we can, you know, lean on this uh, this dynamic duo of uh, of uh, podcastery. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, I, I think it's in moments where I sort of believe in myself. I think it sounds really cool, but I know that my life's full of moments where I don't believe in myself. And it's like, oh, well, what if that falls on one of them moments? Yeah. You know what I mean? They're the sorts of trepidations I walk through life fearing or looking out for anyway, shall we say. Yeah. Um, so when you want to do well, it? <laughs> yeah, well, there's no doubt, though, that if people do, you know, people, there's a lot of uh, love out there for this podcast and for me and for you, do you know what I mean? And I'm sure that it would, I'm sure that there'd be some cool people who more than want to um, even just come down and watch me and you really fucking struggle. That's it, basically. It's like, do you want to come and see two people publicly embarrass themselves? Not only in the room that they're in, but <laughs> worldwide to an internet audience, yeah? I don't know you about you, see? but I have no intention on embarrassing myself. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, The way I see it, and we actually did this, uh, like, so with my job, like, we have this big event, this big uh, um tech event and so we actually did a live session of the podcast where there were like 500 people in the room and we were on stage and we literally did the podcast on stage in front of 500 people just I mean, like that, just that doing really the podcast cool. you know like we normally that, do I, headphones that on sounds really cool and if i had <laughs> if i had a bit of, if i went into it with a bit of courage i think it'd be awesome but and maybe doing it with you, I'd feel a lot better in the same way that I can get on stage in front of 90,000 people. I'll exactly. I'll have yeah. with you two. With, and the good uh, thing about with, this is it I'm doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if anybody doesn't come. Like it literally would be a situation where like we're just looking for a power outlet, um, you know, where we can set up. And if one person, if 20 people, if 30 people, 100 people happen to be watching, it doesn't matter. We're just we're just in our own heads, microphones, and saying, "Hey, yeah, what man. happened? How was the show?" Or you know, when is you know, depending on when we do it. Yeah, it could be really cool. I mean, I don't know. We could do it like maybe do it at Iger in the day between the gigs, but on the evening. Mm. But I don't know what they've going on. I'd have to speak to Jack. Does um, Iger have like a <clears throat> studio? Isn't that the studio? Is there a place it's for people? A studio, yeah, but it has got like a quite a, a big enough live room anyway. Oh, okay, it has a live room. You, yeah, yeah, you could fit, you could easily fit sort of, you know, 80 to 100 people in there, I would think. And uh, I'm sure we wouldn't have that many anyway, but oh, God knows, maybe we would. But then there's like a little stage and, you know, we could sort of do it on the stage and that. And I don't know, it'd be a, be a your environment was a very corporate one, wasn't it? So I just, I don't know whether that would translate to a more relaxed podcast thing. I don't know, I just get really hammered and fucking. Yeah, I just want a place where I can get a beer. And uh, and and turn on a microphone and and have well, some yeah, man, we we will sort that shit out. We will sort that shit out definitely. There was no chance you're coming over here and we're not going to be taking advantage and doing some you know something like that. So yeah, that will um, we'll definitely be arranging that in some way. Um, like you say, wherever we end up doing it. But yeah, I think I, I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, awesome, man. Well. So this has been, I don't know if we've touched on half the stuff that we loosely talked about touching on. I went on a rant about Bob Dylan and, steam, and Bruce Springsteen. Steam cleaners. And steam cleaners, yeah, man. Fucking steam cleaners. I'll tell you what, my blood boiled just then when you mentioned it. That's so but then that vax, the vax carpet wash, you know, that. I tell you what, you can take that recommendation to the bank. I tell you what, if you buy one of them and you're not happy with it, I will personally... No, what? <laughs> right, thank you, everyone. I uh, really enjoyed this episode. Actually, you probably tell by how fast my fucking mouth has been going. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. And yeah, hopefully speak to you next week. Thank you. <laughs>